Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Guys, we are still on such a high from our first residency show at the Museum of Comedy. Yeah, we were there a couple days ago and we're going back for more. So please join us. Tickets are selling fast for our next date, which is Tuesday, August the 31st, 2021. We have two more brilliant guests for you with Sarah Kendall and Anya Magliano. We also get to hear your listener crimes in real life, which is an unprecedented joy. For our full list of dates and guest announcements, go to museumofcomedy.com. We've added a year on there. Um, I don't know if anyone's oh, yeah. here that was at that show, but it was just when COVID was really taking yeah. hold. And I came out and I high-fived everyone. <laughs> and they were like, don't do that, Hannah. Yeah. Now is not the time. We had You're a lot of to know. In, inappropriate to know. jokes about how scared we should all be. <laughs> oh, how scary. <laughs> what a shame. Who's Welcome up? back. <laughs> it's genuinely now? so good to see people and be in front of people. My ego has had nothing to bounce off of. <laughs> for 18 months and I'm like <laughs> there, yay it's amazing yeah. I'm never gonna go home <laughs> there's a shower in there there's disinfectant there's some pret sandwiches we could live here comfortably for some time yeah <laughs> <laughs> I let you look at me like take it away Katie I've set you up with that press sandwich line <laughs> knock it out of the fucking burk Wilkins I've got a great topper for press sandwiches <clears throat> oh wait I've got nothing um, okay so good. don't worry I'm a professional I'm a, pre- a professional I'm a professional comedian Katie was in the toilet when the, like, the music started playing she's a little flustered but it's okay and she spilled her pint all over her nose. But it's nearly dry. So I know. I think Thank you seem you. really calm and collected with all the chaos. <laughs> okay, so I've got to do the running gag because that's how you introduce the running gag. <laughs> so you all came here for this. This is where a water... Oh, by the way. <laughs> this, I decided to do summer cocktail theme 
Oh, yes, that is the correct impression. Yes. <clears throat> so, this is where a watermelon martini meets water damage insurance fraud. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Sexy crimes as well. Okay. <laughs> now, I want to go too big too soon. <laughs> um, this is where a gin basil smash meets a smash and grab. Nice. Less okay. impressed by that one. <laughs> Okay, and this is where a sea breeze meets a load of pirates. <laughs> it's a true crime podcast with a twist <laughs> of life. That's amazing. And now, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our fantastic guest for this show. Please welcome to the stage the fantastic presenter, Kirsten O'Brien. <laughs> Hi, hi, hi. Uh, hey. Is everyone a bit wet? <laughs> yeah. I've lovely styled hair, and now I've got this mop, and I'm going to gently steam whilst I'm here under the lights. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very good. I brought a pen and paper to make notes, and I've realised that actually the bit of paper that I've got is my... I was doing the kids' clubs, so I could solve the crime, or I could be telling you that Fox is at judo on Wednesday, <laughs> and the twins are doing diddy dance on Thursday. <laughs> So it could go either way. way. Well, yes, imagine if that turns out to be a big clue in the case. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, your kids murdered that woman. <laughs> my kids could. <laughs> what do you think they teach them at Diddy Dance? <laughs> Too far. Let's go. <laughs> All right, we've got one question for you, Kirsten. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Well... Uh, you know when you need to work out whether you're fight or flight Ooh, in a crime yeah. situation? Yeah. So my husband goes away quite a lot with his work. And so I'm always like braced for break-ins, for attacks, <laughs> for everything. Um, and on this one particular night, I heard at one o'clock in the morning, it was a hot night like this, I had the windows open. I heard somebody coming up the gravel path. Oh. And I was thinking, oh my God, here we go. So I was up. I was at the window, I looked out the window, and a guy was coming up the path, fully tooled up. I could <gasps> see there was stuff in his hands, Ooh. ready to go. And so I was thinking, I'm a fight or flight. So I screamed out the window, what are you doing? Right at him, <laughs> really like as violently as I could. And he looked up and he went, delivering the milk. And then, <laughs> it was the milkman. I was like, what are you doing at this time of the morning? This is when I come. So that, that was my first. But then I've got form at this because another time Amazing. somebody was trying to break in up a ladder through the window and I saw it happening and I was like, right, here we go. This was after that incident. So I took the biggest run up I could down the corridor to the window to get rid of this guy, came at him right at the window and screamed, what are you doing? in his face and he went, I'm the window cleaner as he like literally <laughs> wobbled off the ladder. So it turns out I'm a fight person. Okay. In a non-crime situation. <laughs> But in terms of actual crime, and as my husband, I asked him tonight, he said, please don't jinx us. We've never had any crime happen, uh, apart from when I was seven, oh. and I'd been to Panto to see Christopher Biggins, and I had a little shoulder bag, just a little shoulder bag, and I had nine pounds in it, and Christopher Biggins' autograph, the first autograph, yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, people old enough to remember Christopher Biggins. <laughs> He's not dead, I realise, I've just said that now. <laughs> the Biggins fans are in. For a seven-year-old, too. Of, yeah. How much was it? Nine quid? Nine quid, which is a lot of money That's like in Middlesbrough. Birthday shit. Yeah, in the 70s. Christmas shit. Okay. And somebody pinched that bag. Oh, no! Off the back of my chair. Oh. I know. That's a heartbreaker. But the weird addition to this story is years later... Sorry, I'm talking a lot, but um, no, I'm out the house. I'm excited. This is your time. <laughs> you have the floor. Um, uh, years later, I was on CBBC, and Christopher Biggins came on as a guest <gasps> for the afternoon. Oh, wow. So not on air, because that would have been weird for the kids. I regaled him with the story of what had happened. And Christopher Biggins went, Darling, I remember you. Because <laughs> I'd got up and done a handstand in the middle of the show. You know where they do, have you got any talents? And he was, I mean, bless him. He clearly didn't, but I'm, I'm having that. I'm taking it. And I got his autograph again. Oh, No, I should have asked. <laughs> I should have asked for that. I'd have been like, well, yeah, there was wrong, wrong yeah. nine quid in there. Yeah. <laughs> There's also the nine quid, Christopher. Yeah. yeah. He probably could have had a handbag, though, that I could have had, to be fair, yeah, to Christopher yeah. Biggins. Yeah. <laughs> a nice collection. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Aww. That's amazing. Like, we never get a happy end. We always, um, we get, sometimes get closure, but we always ask, what would you say if you had the perp now that stole? So that's the milkman, the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the apologies, oh. it turns out, on my front. I'm really sorry that I screamed at you out the window. They get big Christmas bonuses around my way because <laughs> I abuse them. Uh, what would you say It must be hard for you to get recommendations. Like, do you have a cleaner? Like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> tell her. That's so true. Uh, the nine-year-old me, the seven-year-old me, rather. Um, I don't know, it just made me really sad on my holidays because yeah. I had my nine pounds. I mean, that would have bought the full rock breakfast, wouldn't it, in Scarborough? You know, remember the rock? <laughs> yes, sir, you remember. The bacon, the egg, the rock sausages. I could have got the lot for nine quid. <laughs> yes. I love that your parents, like, made you pay for your own breakfast on holiday. <laughs> Actually, Kirsten, can you get this? We got we got dinner, so don't be a little bitch. Your okay. birthday money is full. Yeah. <laughs> it's our birthday too. <laughs> oh, oh my god! No. Wow. I kind of I want to say to the person that stole it, uh, I got his autograph again. So yeah. <laughs> and he remembered that handstand. So <laughs> who's oh. the real winner? <laughs> so who the fuck is Christopher Biggins? <laughs> have time do we oh, tell me after tell me after it's fun. describing him <laughs> we'll do it after it's cool. yeah <laughs> okay i am gonna crack straight on with the true crime case uh now i want to tell you the person that we're going to be discussing today has two nicknames and the first nickname is the best hated man in the united states there's so many options. I know, right? <laughs> that doesn't help narrow it down at all. The best hated best man. Best hated. Yeah, not even most hated. Best hated. That's real bad grammar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like roll, roll bad. <laughs> J.R. Ewing. Ooh. Who's? J.R. <laughs> yeah, from Dallas. Yes. Ah. Wasn't he? We love to hate him. 80s kids. <laughs> <Yes>. True. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> They're half half my age. Don't put the glasses on. Just leave it. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave it. (laughs) You guys want to guess before I give you any more information? I'll tell you his other nickname in a minute. Best hated man. Yeah. Mm. God, who do we like? Yeah, it's like you love to hate. Who do we love to hate? Um, Did you say it was American? Yes. There's too many options. I'm going to move us along. Is it? Um, None of us have left the house Geraldo? in a while. Geraldo? Um, who? Geraldo? You got, do you know who Geraldo is? <laughs> it's good, but it's not right. Okay. Uh, so, his actual name is Ferdinand Ward. He's also known as Ferdinand de Wilton Ward Jr. <laughs> Somebody knows. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. We have, we have knowledge in the audience. Oh, before I give you a bit more information, what do you think he did? What did the best hated man do? Wait, you said he had two nicknames. So one was the best yeah. hated man, the other was... I haven't told you the other oh, one. Oh, okay. I've just thought, told you okay. his name. Was Sorry. it Butt Stuff? <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a solid nickname that you would give yourself. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. Um, no, what do you think his crime was? Okay. okay. <sighs> what do you think he did? Hmm. Best hated suggests that he did something... That although illegal, everyone was like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Was it some kind slick. of activism or something? Was he an activist? Nice guess. I'm going to let the others have a chance. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I feel like one of Katie's kids. <laughs> nice, nice guess, Hannah. <laughs> okay, much. it's not activism. Anybody? <laughs> so if it's best hated, did people kind of like it, but it annoyed them? It's the cha-cha slide, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Did he invent the cha-cha you know slide? Was he a con artist, but he really punched up, like he pranked politicians and okay, you the know bad what? guys. I'm going to give it to Taylor, but he punched down. He oh. was, uh, so he was a swindler. Oh. Um, and his other uh, nickname was, which would have completely given it away, hence why. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, his, swindler. the swindler. <laughs> Of Gotham City. Uh, So it was the young Napoleon of finance or the young Napoleon of Wall Street. Mm. These are are not snappy nicknames. I don't know what (laughs) everyone was thinking. I'm so Um, pleased I know everything about Napoleon and everything about Wall Street. This is going to be so easy for me. So he he was a a con man uh, who 
sort of did a, a pyramid scheme, and one of the people, he scammed a lot of people, but one of the people that he scammed was a president of oh. the United States of America. Um, you know all about this, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, you can shout out when they don't get it. <laughs> he, I mean, if they don't get it, sorry. <laughs> to four minutes um, when wow. <laughs> how do you sing so female workplace in a minor key <laughs> female workplace oh no that is a pandemic female workplace <laughs> I'm sorry guys I you know I just highly apologize um, so the um, no wait I don't I'm sassy now uh, so in the 1880s he swindled a president Oh no! This president. Yeah, I mean, do you want me to ask who the president was, no. or shall we skip? No. Uh, was the it was it Woody Woodrow? <laughs> I love it when people have definitely listened because that was the most embarrassing moment of my life when I thought Woodrow Wilson was called Woody Woodrow, <laughs> like a fucking woodpecker. Oh, so I'm going Woody Woodrow. Anyone else? Oh, oh, I know nothing about 1880 presidents. Yeah, but that's okay for you. Yes, you. You, step up. Who came after Lincoln? Just to give you a clip. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's post-Lincoln. Well, no one cares because it was after Lincoln. Like, what okay. did he do? He, this probably doesn't help you, but he wasn't the president anymore when he got scammed. He was the president and then later he got scammed. Okay, give me his first name. Come on, let's do this. Ulysses. S. Fucking grants! <laughs> knowledge! Knowledge! Okay, now just to, because there might be people that don't know everything about Ulysses S. Grant, <laughs> and those people are in the same boat as me before I Googled it. Um, I've got some more information for you. So, uh, he was the 18th president of the United States of America, and he was the president from 1869 to 1877 in the Reconstruction era. Oh, he was this general guy that led the Union. To, to victory against the Confederacy. He took over from Johnson, who no one liked, apparently. But he was trying to get the 15th Amendment passed and make it possible for everybody to vote. So basically... <laughs> I just pretended this was a history class for a second. <laughs> this guy, a general guy. He was people, people liked him at the time. Yeah. He was trying to do good stuff. Mm. Okay. So this guy, mm. Ferdinand Ward scammed quite a nice president. Okay, yes, because mm. we wouldn't have given a shit if it was a bad... Yeah, okay, no, context is good, yeah. Um, Remember that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> little sound bite for you. <laughs> so who is Ferdinand Ward, this most hated man? Well, I will tell you. <laughs> he, I'll just quickly skim through this, because, yeah. We, so he was born... I'll give him more time than a president. He was... No, right. He was born... <laughs> He was born in Ganasco, New York, in 1851. His parents were missionaries. He has one younger brother. Remember that? Just laying some pipe for you guys. Ooh. In 1873, age 22, he moved to New York City and he got a job as a clerk on the Produce Exchange. Soon after that, he committed his first crime. Question, what was his first crime? Mm. Did he exchange too much produce? <laughs> he just did not stop. Are you trying to make that a euphemism? Yeah, no, I wasn't actually, but... <laughs> Not sure how that would work, but <laughs> sorry, what was it? He yeah, was a what clerk was for it? what? Produce uh, what? The produce exchange, and I did not Google what that was, so I cannot help you. Oh. <laughs> well, Did he hoard turnips? Hoarding turnips? Yep, I'm gonna stick with but that. Too much produce from Hannah. Hustling some cows. Or something? Hustling some cows. Mm. Okay, I like it. None of you are correct. New York was a very different place. <laughs> Um, cows everywhere. <laughs> now, to be fair, I would have been amazed if you got this. He stole money from a Sunday school. <gasps> Boo! Yeah, yeah man. Boo! Boo. I knew my That's panto skills had come in. <laughs> Biggins will be proud. It's like he's dead again. Sorry, Biggins will be proud. <laughs> and he, and then I think he kicked a puppy. I mean, he's oh. a bad guy. Oh. I kind of love to hate him though. So. <laughs> It's like the best hate. <laughs> it's the best. Um, so, question: Did he get in trouble for stealing from a Sunday school? Yes, oh, I did. hope so. Yes, I hope but a yes, nun kicked no. him in the ass. 
Hannah? Any? I mean, because we know about it, I figure that there must be some kind of record of him doing okay. it. So, but it depends whether or not it was like the bit where they put the plate round and they, he grabbed some money off that. You know, like, that's oh, not Sunday okay. school, is it? That's just church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know a lot about mass. religion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, Sunday school, there's not that much money in it, surely. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Where is the Sunday school? Okay. It could be yeah. This could. So for anyone that couldn't hear, it's in Notting Hill. It's good money. I'm just I'm repeating your joke so everyone can enjoy it. <laughs> okay. So he did not get caught or in trouble for doing this. In fact, he stole the money from the Sunday school and he laundered it through a bank and he substantially improved his situation. Jesus. So it was tons of money. Yeah. So he multiplied his money. Crime pays. Say yes to drugs. Um, <laughs> Um, so, in 1877, he gets married. Now, my question is, does he marry someone important or unimportant? Important. Just, okay. I think important. Okay. But Are you asking whether he like, married a man or a woman? Because like, <laughs> at that point, it's like, women not as important. Um, I, yeah, I think he, he married up, I think. Because you said that he, what is he, he's kicking down he's punching down so it must yeah. mean that he must be quite high up at okay. some point and he yeah. was what kid of missionaries which doesn't yeah. maybe suggest that he's okay. up there so I think he marries up yeah. fucks his way to the top this come on it's starting to sound like Hamilton the musical yeah. isn't it <laughs> <laughs> apart from yeah well we'll see how it ends you're gonna wrap um, the end good instincts guys he does marry up he marries an heiress Ella Champion Green, and then he was able to use her family's wealth for his advantage. Mm. Um, so in 1880, he established his own banking and brokerage firm. And this really, people think, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that is true of fraud, because <laughs> this guy is like six degrees of separation. Um, this is how you scam a president. So he's collecting investors. Um, one of his first investors comes from this guy called James D. Fish. And James D. Fish is the president of the Marine National Bank. <laughs> Come on. Bit of fun. <laughs> Can you imagine him just moonwalking into that meeting? Just knowing he's going to get that job. Uh, Sorry, mate. What's, what's your name? <laughs> you fucking won't. <laughs> it's a real conversation starter. Um, and then gets investing from... This guy called Thomas Nast, who is a famous cartoonist at the time. That's a real thing. He's like uh -huh. a big satirist. Now, Katie keeps looking at me like <laughs> for any hints of recognition. I'm like, yep. <laughs> Nast. <laughs> but I promise you a president. So, question. What or who links Ferdinand Ward to ex-president Ulysses S. Grant? Hmm. Does he bank with Marine Bank? Nice guess. Any advance on that, you guys? Because the president just banks somewhere. Like, excuse me. Hang on, it's his brother-in-law. Yeah! Oh, you didn't even need to take notes. That's incredible. Wow. Good memory. I laid wow. that pipe for you. <laughs> so the president's and his brother-in-law. I just threw it away, no. but she kept oh. it. Yes. <laughs> so his younger brother mm. is at Columbia University, and he's roommate with Ulysses S. Grant Jr., who's also called Buck, that's his nickname. So that's how he meets him. Amazing. And then Ward sets his spidey senses to swindle and starts trying to become <laughs> like best friends with him. And then eventually he gains um, Buck's trust and like investment. Isn't that a drink here? <laughs> Just a bunch. It's like really messy at weddings. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So basically, they then become, they get into business together, and the business becomes a brokerage house, and it's now called Grant and Ward. So he's got the president's, the ex-president's son name on the business, and they're in it together. And also, all this time, Ferdinand Ward is viewed as like a star of Wall Street. Everyone's like, yay, this guy is so clever at money. Um, <laughs> So in 1883, Ulysses S. Grant Sr., the ex-president guy, um, he invests $100,000 of his own money. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's, what I, that's what the noise did. Yeah. yeah. I can't Same make that work. noise. I just have to use the words, <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> See? <laughs> How do you do that? What, whistling? <laughs> That's more than a whistle. Can we all do it? Three, two, one. All right, you all have skills. There's loads of dogs outside now. <laughs> 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 sorry, Katie. Very sorry, Katie. <laughs> it's quite all right. Okay. So he's got all this money, but the trouble is he's running it as a Ponzi scheme. So he's also, because he's got this guy's name on the checks and everything, he's claiming that he's got inside access to government contracts, but he does not have that. Um, so when it was on the up, question, how much money did Ferdinand Ward make from this business? Ooh. Ooh. How much did that go? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, yes. I could whistle all along. <laughs> you just had to find I the whistler inside. <laughs> Sounds like we're dealing with big money. Yes. Mm. So, how much did he make? In what period of time? Uh, well, it's within about three years. I'm going to say $450,000. Okay. <gasps> I'm going to do the finger and say $1 million. Okay. <laughs> One million. Hannah George, higher or lower? I'm, yeah, I'm going to price this right it and go like $2 million. Okay, in that case, you win. Ooh. Wow! It is nine million. Whoa! Yeah. yeah, and he gets a brownstone in New York. Is that some kind of house? <laughs> I think it's like yeah. diarrhea, isn't it? <laughs> it's that. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a lot of brownstones in Brooklyn and okay. Upper East Side and stuff. So that's I like... know real estate, guys. <laughs> um, and he gets a palatial 25-acre estate in Connecticut. Oh my! Yeah, the original um, prick. <laughs> and the grant also were making when it was on the up they made a bit of money too and that's when he's got his nickname the young Napoleon of Wall Street also uh, fun fact not a fun fact but it's a fact um, <laughs> I've never seen someone lose confidence from the beginning to the end of a sentence that you'd written yourself like, well see if anything it's a slightly bleak fact but I'll <laughs> Fun to say I am fun. so excited about this yeah, now. Come on. <laughs> the build-up. It's not a good enough fact for the build-up. Okay, so historians agree that Ulysses Grant was unaware that it was a Ponzi scheme of, the, of Ward's intentions, but it is unclear how much Buck knew. Uh-huh. Right. So we don't know. Okay, so he was just like buying Juice Plus and like the other yeah. guy knew that it was... Okay, I get it. I think so. We, it's, it's unclear. Mm. Um, so Ward paid investors abnormally high interest, pledging the company's securities on multiple loans, blah, blah. It's called rehopothecation. And he's in collusion, though, with this banker, James D. Fish, and they kept <laughs> secrets, I know, um, from this bank examiner. Jellyfish. <laughs> retrieved the firm's securities from the company's bank vault. And when the trades went bad, multiple loans came due. And it was all backed up by the same collateral. So, of course, it all came crashing down. Could you read that all again? <laughs> <laughs> no. We don't have time. 
It's like finance stuff. It's impossible. <laughs> Went bad. So, and yeah, he's just like, he's using the one bit of money he has to lend loads of times. So then if at all, they all want it at the same time, he's only got it once, not five times or however many times he's promised it. I think that's what it means. But then if they, if they all want it at the same time, he's screwed. So he's screwed. So in May 1884, enough investments went bad to convince Ward that the firm would soon be bank- bankrupt. So Ward tells the Grants... Really, Amanda? Now? <laughs> now that we're all sweaty, you're going to take a photo? <laughs> I'm like going into menopause in front of all these people. <laughs> and you're going to capture it. <laughs> oh. um, For the listeners at home, our producer Amanda is taking an action shot. (laughs) So, Ward tells the Grants that there's going to be a temporary shortfall. Question, what does Ulysses S. Grant do? Murders the country. Flees the country, murders them. Great dramatic guesses, Hannah. (laughs) And we never talk about it. (laughs) Does he take all his money out? He just goes, no, give it back. Ah, I want, yeah. That's sensible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not as sensible as murder, but... (laughs) (laughs) You know what? These are great answers. They are not correct. (laughs) Female workplace. Uh, What Ulysses... I'm taking it back to be happy again. Uh, What Ulysses S. Grant does is he borrows money to try and help the business. Because he oh doesn't no. want his son to fail. Whoops. So oh. he goes, so Ulysses Grant Sr. goes to this businessman, William Henry Vanderbilt, and he, this guy gives him a personal loan of 150000 And Grant uh, Sr. invested the money in the firm, but it was not enough to save it from failure. So the whole scheme still collapsed and bankrupted the Grants, the Marine National Bank, Thomas Nass, the cartoonist, and many other... <laughs> Think of the cartoonist! <laughs> <laughs> down to his dickhead son. It was, Really? Yeah, I know the other guy's involved, but I feel like... Mm. We just... Yeah, it's not good. So there's a lot of financial room for a lot of people. And this is a sad bit, too. <laughs> we all feel so bad for everybody. <laughs> so Ulysses S. Grant Sr. is now penniless, but he has this like sense of duty and honour. So he tries to repay this William Henry Vanderbilt guy by like selling his Civil War mementos and transferring all oh, of his other no. assets. So That feels weird. Like, they're not that old at that point, <laughs> right? Was this on, like, ancient eBay? It's like, <laughs> yeah. just putting them all on there. I think so. Wait, these are just from the last war we had? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> these aren't even vintage. <laughs> Vanderbilt took the title to the to Grant's home, but he let the, the Ulysses S. Grant stay living there. And he pledged to donate the souvenirs to the federal government and insisted that the debt had been paid in full. But Grant was distraught over Ward's deception and asked privately how he could ever trust any human being again. Wow. Yeah. And that oh was a president. <laughs> Aren't the Vanderbilts quite well off? Or so? I seem to know that name, so yeah. he will have probably been all right. Will he? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they bankrolled Dawson's Creek. Was yeah. he the richest, the richest man, man in the world? world. Oh, so let's not worry. Yeah. Yeah. He and, that's, can, and that's oh. why he was like, yeah, it's paid, don't worry. Just yes. give, me a, give me a little oh, trinket. He's and fine we'll call then. It quits. He, he could stretch right. to pencils for the cartoonist. Oh, that is a weight off. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would have been a good, good thing. <laughs> Take, take that from me. Um, so, um, question, does Ferdinand Ward go down for this? We're getting no from the audience. Mm, does anyone no. think yes? The best. Yes, we've got, we've got a yes. Okay. We've got more no's than yeses. Do you think he goes down? No, I think he does go down. Okay. Is that because the woman that said yes is the woman that knows the story? Yes. <laughs> It takes a village. (laughs) What do you guys think? Yes. (laughs) We got a hot tip. (laughs) I cannot wait for it to be no. It would be hilarious. (laughs) But I'm going to go yes as well because this is why we do live shows so we don't have to think for ourselves. So come on. Okay. He does go down. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, you. (laughs) 
So what happens is Ward gets brought before the New York Supreme Court in 1885, and in the March of 1885, Grant Senior testifies against Ward and that fish guy from the Marine Bank. Because <laughs> they were colluding. Jimmy Fish! They were colluding. And then, but Grant Senior's health was failing, and he died before the conviction. Um, so he died in July, and in October, Ward is convicted of fraud and sentenced to 10 years in prison. There's a big outpouring of public sympathy for Ulysses S. Grant, and everybody hates Ferdinand Ward. He's the best hated man. <laughs> and then... Oh, yeah, this happened. Sorry, go on. No, I just want... What? <laughs> why is he the best? Like, I still can't work out why he's the best hated man. I understand why he's the hated man. I think it might be something to do with the language of the time. Like, maybe that was yeah. just the turn of phrase. Yeah, could be. The same way that my so-called life... Spoke oh, to the 90s. Oh, okay. Okay, in the way that it was like the Great War, but it wasn't like a Great War. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's better. Okay. okay. Much better, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Kate, carry on. <laughs> Thanks for making it accessible for everybody. <laughs> we got a few idiots in, so... <laughs> I don't know why I pointed it. I pointed at everyone, so it's fine. <laughs> So, during his trial, Ward showed no remorse for his actions, explaining that he had to rob Peter to pay Paul. That is not how that nursery rhyme goes. <laughs> so there's his first problem. So he gets sent to Sing Sing Prison, and he lived comfortably there through his connections, and he was released after only six years, but little twist for him. While he was in prison, his wife, Ella, willed her entire estate to the support, education, and maintenance of her son, Clarence, until he turned 25, uh, so she died in 1890, and the inheritance goes to Clarence, the son. Uh -huh. Yes, good girl. I like yeah. that. Yes. So, so he, so Clarence moved in with Ella's family, and this move deprived Ward of like basically all of his wealth. Mm -hmm. Question: How does Ward try and get back his wealth when he comes out of prison? Hmm. You try and marry his son. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Some idiot said, "Oh, next thing we know, you'll be marrying, you'll be able to marry your son." I can't remember that. Bit of satire, guys. That happened about two years ago and I can't remember who it was. But, um, I, yeah, I think he tries to... Yeah. Uh, marry his son. I don't know. Yeah, no. Okay, someone else. <laughs> he goes into business with his son or tries to get his son to go into business Ooh, with him. Oh, that's good, yeah. Taylor? What do you do after a Ponzi scheme? <laughs> do you get an honest job? I don't know. He becomes... I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's okay. It's very hot. I got nothing. Um, I'm going to move us along. Um, he starts trying to pursue legal avenues to get the money back, but that doesn't work, so he orchestrates a failed kidnapping of his own son. Oh! Um, wow. But that's it. But that doesn't work either. So then he just sort of gives up, and then he gets married to someone else, and then my source said he dies in obscurity in 1925, age 74, and I couldn't be bothered to Google to check if that was true. <laughs> I've got two children, and that was enough work. That's, <laughs> that's good enough for me. Yeah. yeah. Right? Fuck that guy. So, I mean, it'd be good if the source was just like, I'm going to call it obscurity. I don't want to Google it. And I'm like, me neither. <laughs> just because obscurity if I haven't heard of it. Um, so. Then there's this... Um, Ward's great-grandson, Jeffrey Seward, is an author and wrote a book, A Disposition to be Rich, about his great-grandfather in 2013. Oh, I'm glad somebody got a book deal out of it. That's yeah. all that matters. That's all that matters. Are there any towns called Obscurity? Wouldn't that be great? That would. Like, everybody would go there one. instead of Switzerland. <laughs> okay, so this is the point where we will like to hear a listener crime from the audience. Ooh. Ooh. So, does anybody have a listener crime that they would like to share with us and win a fantastic bottle of Prosecco? It was 6 <laughs> It is unopened. It is lukewarm. Oh, oh, we have a hand. We have one. Yay! 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 There's a microphone there. Oh, thank you yeah. for joining us. Yay, what's your name? Hello. Neve. Neve, Neve, welcome, Neve. Um, what is your crime? Uh, when I was about twelve, uh, I made like my first popular friend. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I've been that popular friend, and uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, Neve. Do continue. And, uh, when I tell you to, no, I'm just, I'm going, I'm going back into being that girl. Sorry. She Korea. has been fucking insufferable <laughs> since she won an Emmy award. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I mean, the idea I wasn't fucking insufferable before is just incredible. Thank you. Sorry, Neve. Sorry, Neve. <laughs> just please like me. <laughs> we couldn't not like you. <laughs> I made my first popular friend, and uh, she invited me to go hang at the skate park. <gasps> okay, Ollie's kickflips 360s. Yeah, can't skate, can't park, so... <laughs> I had no business being there. And, um, while we were there, uh, the, uh, one of the guys from school, the guy that had like the crazy eyes, Ooh. that we all kind of Charles Milton. Yeah, basically. At the yeah. age of 12, we all knew that he would go to prison. Oh, God. Wow. And he turned up, and we were just hanging out, and then he started throwing dirt at us. Oh, my gosh. And it wasn't like, uh, we were like, is this because he likes us? Is, is he just... Flirt dirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is he just unhidden? Honey, it's just flirt dirt. It's fine. <laughs> He's so romantic. <laughs> Rub it into your skin. Exactly. Be grateful. <laughs> it's good for your pores. Um, so we started throwing dirt back at him, and then next thing I know, a rock hit me in the head. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. Fucking hell. And so we were close to the uh, leisure centre, so I went crying like a strong girl. <laughs> Uh, to the leisure centre where my dad was and he performed a citizen's arrest on the board. <gasps> oh, oh my God! Oh my oh. God! Wow! <laughs> oh. Which um, was the most embarrassing thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure at the time yeah. that yeah. was excruciating. It, it was very excruciating. And then the police turned up and <gasps> took a statement from both of us. And the boy told the police officer that um, he had thought it was a clod of dirt. Okay. And then the police officer deemed that we were both as bad as each other. And the matter was dropped. Wow. What, what have you done? Apart from trying to make a new friend who sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? Oh, well, because yeah. I had thrown dirt as well. So. <gasps> oh, man. Yeah. Can I go back to the crazy eyes? Because <laughs> I thought you meant like in a David Bowie way. Oh, no, not in a like that. a... Mm, oh, you know. oh. <laughs> And I sort of right. I was the one with the crazy eyes all along. <laughs> yeah. Tweezed. But yeah, so, yeah. It, it was just a feeling, you know, an intuition that we all knew that he was yeah. unhinged. Is he in prison now? Uh, I believe he did do a stint, yes. <laughs> and is, is your dad here tonight? I'm kind of scared. No, no. Okay. In, in spirit, always. But he's not here tonight. But, yeah, so I want to know, um, do you think that he thought it was a dirt clod? Oh. Did he know it was a rock? And is all of this just a half-remembered episode of Recess? <laughs> <laughs> all good questions. Very good questions. Thank you. I mean, I feel like, okay, so... The other weekend, the pub reopened in my village and they had a balloon animal guy and they made balloon... <laughs> Actually, it was a balloon animal lady. But they, <laughs> they made, the problem, they made balloon... I know. They made balloon animals. And then my little three-year-old boy had a balloon animal and he was running around with it. And then this bigger boy had a sharp piece of grass and he deliberately popped part of the balloon animal and my son cried... But this little boy said what it was kind an accident. What grass have you got around you up there? <laughs> um, I know that's not the point, but Jesus Christ. But, you know, he said it was an accident. Also, we were about to lose our time slot had finished and we had to leave. So I sort of, part of me wanted to, like, try and mm. find this kid and make him say sorry. But also, we were about to be chucked out anyway. And, like, whatever. But, like, it's, I, because I don't trust the kid that bullied my kid, I think the kid knew that it was, so I'm, basically I'm projecting my issue onto yours. <laughs> Feel free. And okay. isn't that what police do? <laughs> when that you think right about there it? is the system. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. He, I, I've never even heard of a dirt clod until this <laughs> night. <laughs> I don't believe a clod is a thing. He absolutely knew it was a rock, and he apparently had a pretty good aim. Yeah. <laughs> even with his crazy eyes. <laughs> you see, I think I've got the earth clod children. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. 
and I, coming from Middlesbrough, I would say what we did in these situations, and I genuinely did this back in the day with my best friend, was if anybody did a wrong on us, that's grammatically <laughs> wrong, <laughs> let's like all it. go with it, we would take to the cars once we could drive with eggs and egg them. Oh. Whoa! Hunt them down yeah. and egg them. Okay. Or egg through the letterbox. <laughs> Always ready for any. Wait, so did some, if something happened when you were seven, you waited ten years <laughs> until you could drive, and you'd be like, "You mother, fuck nine baby. pounds for eggs, <laughs> all that nine quid for eggs." <laughs> I just remember on Halloween in my hometown, they like stop selling egg and flour on Halloween. Did anyone else have that in their hometown? Yeah, like the supermarket. They lock them up like booze. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, allowed to go but... out on Halloween. My, my dad, who performed the citizen <laughs> rest, also believed that razors were in every single piece of chocolate mm. that would be given out to me. Yeah. <gasps> wow. So I wasn't razors. allowed to go out. <laughs> oh, now I think your dad's a bit paranoid. So <laughs> I'm a bit like, Ooh, okay. Um, also, does any, how do you perform a citizen's arrest? Is it when you restrain Ooh. someone? Like, do you know what I mean? We're all going, oh, a citizen's arrest. I'm like, what the fuck is it? Like, well, hmm. he was a former member of the MOD police, so I think, and he's a okay. scary looking guy with uh, navy tattoos, so I oh. think he just walked up to him and said, You're under arrest. Yeah. And he went, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, any of us could do that. Kids are fucking dumb. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a police officer. Give me your pocket money. Um, That's good. He's a scary guy to have around, but good in a crisis. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's hard, isn't it? Because I remember when I was a child, sorry to project my own issues onto this <laughs> as well, we call it doing a Katie. And <laughs> but, but when I was a child, I went swimming for my birthday and then I was only about six and there was an older boy and we couldn't go in the swimming pool because it was too busy. And so we had to go into the cafe and just do some drawings. I drew a picture of a pigeon. It was very good. <laughs> and, like, and so I went up to show my mum and this kid turned around, this boy, and just had a pen and just scribbled all over it. And there's, oh. the thing with that is there's no way that was an accident. That was him mm -hmm. seeing my talent and going, you're not going to do that. And so what I did is I punched him in the face. And my mum had to take him home <laughs> with a huge black eye and say, my five-year-old did this. <laughs> like, she turned five today uh, but so <laughs> yes what amazing aim and yeah. how old was he was he, he was probably like seven or eight why was he on his own why did your mum have to take him home because it was like it was like a party uh. <laughs> yeah. it was a punch party mm. but like yeah but so my sorry I, I just love it if she talked to a point but he won't do that again yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's, i mean he's probably in prison somewhere this boy i think but my point is that there is reasonable doubt with this story with the Pen, I feel like he was just a dick and he did it deliberately. Well, you think this could have been an accident with I the think rock. it could have been an accident, but I think it's a great story. And the I, <laughs> I would submit to the jury <laughs> that even if you did think it was a dirt clod, <laughs> that could cause considerable damage when thrown at someone's yeah. head. Yep. And I don't think that should be any lesser of a... Yeah, it's not a good idea regardless. <laughs> like that, he just went like, well, you're both bad. Yeah. Bullshit, either way. <laughs> you knew it was a rock, you saw how heavy it was. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Science, you see there. Yeah. <laughs> That's our forensics coming back to us with the weight. <laughs> right. um, that was That's a fantastic right. crime. You Thank win. you. Just enough time to hear more from Kirsten. Oh, what are you up to? Where well, can I was we... just going to say I'm left with an upset of what happens around <laughs> the, your parts at Halloween if you want pancakes. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I love pancakes. And I'm like, well, you can't go over the eggs and the flour. You have to, you have to pre plan. You have to be out there Troubling the day before. Times. Or you Troubling have to get times. a special license. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, what am I up to uh, apart from bringing up violent children? <laughs> Disgust uh, and threatening milkmen and things. I have got my podcast. Oh, yeah. Go on. Uh, which is called 16 Summers. It's based on one question, which if I did put my glasses on and see how old you are, might not apply to you. Uh, it's basically, if you had to choose between your childhood or the childhood you're giving your kids, which one would oh you go God. for? Oh, wow. Ooh. That's an amazing question. Yes. Based on the fact I think I had a way better childhood than my kids. <laughs> oh, wow. 
So we are having a rubbish time. What? <laughs> like, what makes, not the pandemic, what makes your one better? Well, I grew up abroad, oh, so okay. I went to Algeria when I was two. Oh, we're all abroad. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Yes! <laughs> oh, no, I was in... I know who Christopher Biggins is, too. <laughs> <laughs> She's not even a real American. <laughs> it's an accent. Priscilla Black apparently used to Go do the on, scan. Go on, Kirsty. Let's go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, so I grew up abroad. I grew up in Singapore and places like that where it was all lovely and hot and not like Middlesbrough where I'm from at all. Um, and so I had this brilliant mm. sort of exotic childhood and okay. they're just having a bit of a normal time in Berkshire. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Wow. So I chat to a celeb and find out, you know, what... Yeah. Is it quite a question. mix? It is quite a mix, and sometimes I set off thinking, huh. I know how this is going to pan out, and then it totally doesn't, because they have to answer the question at the end. Wow. Oh. And sometimes oh. they think it's going to go one way, and then they change their mind by the end Ooh. as well. So. Interesting. Oh. Wow. This is, and it's called 16 questions? 16, no, it's called 16 summers, <laughs> because depressingly, you only have 16 summers with your child, and oh. then they're off doing their own thing oh, with their mates. Man. I know, it's quite sad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. As someone who lived at home till 21. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's not true. <laughs> you can extend. <laughs> wow. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's a really yeah, cool it's been premise. Fun, yeah. Thank you very much. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! 